This is Farmers Inside Track, supported by Food from Zanzi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. How's it, Mzanzi, and welcome to Farmers Inside Track. We unashamedly salute the unsung heroes of agriculture, and we believe in the power of agriculture to create social cohesion. My name is Dawn Numdu, and I'm the editor of Food for Mzanzi. And with me today, I have Ivor Price, the co-founder of South Africa's leading agricultural news and lifestyle platform. Hey, Dawn, it's great being in studio with you again. Just the other day, one of the farmers we featured on Farmers Inside Track called to say what a world of difference the exposure on Farmers Inside Track, the podcast, as well as the Food Form Zansi platform has made in his life. Of course, that's humbling to hear. We love hearing stories of farmers going places and we love what we do. We also love giving farmers some tools in this podcast specifically to take the agricultural businesses to the next level. For me, it's amazing how we're connecting all these farmers across the country on this new platform. And like you mentioned, it's surprising to hear all the awesome feedback from our listeners as well. People even outside of the agri-industry. That's quite a surprise to me. You know, it's so agricultural specific, South Africa specific, but we're getting great views, downloads, listens from across the world, actually. I saw some people tuning in from Germany just the other day but i think it's because it also contains general life advice practical business steps it's making some sort of difference in people's lives so joining us in studio today is 25 year old lerato bota and this young woman has a bachelor's degree in agricultural science specializing in crop production from the university of the free state and she's an agronomist which i think is really cool and she heads up the production and operations at their family farm, family in Talton, Gauteng. Well, you've got to stay tuned for this episode because she's called Leratu Bota and we're quite intrigued. Can it be that there's a black Bota out there? Stay tuned and find out how Leratu being a black Bota raised a few eyebrows when she stepped into the agri-industry. Wow, mom, why did you put on this chicken? Well, I was trying a new recipe using grain-filled chickens. Oh, mom, this is amazing. You can't go wrong with 100% South African farm-quality chicken. With a range of fresh, frozen and marinated products, make grain-filled chickens your number one choice. Grain-filled chickens from the farms of the Free State. Need we say more? If you want quality, ask for grain-filled chickens at a leading store. Grainfield Chickens. Bring home the taste. Visit grainfieldchickens.co.za So on to our guest today on Farmers Inside Track. Lerato, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's so great to have you. And I'm so interested to know how you got to agronomy. But I know that your journey in agriculture started when you were quite young. Were you about 11 years old? Yes, 10, 11. Yes. Wow. Yeah, so my journey started then. Uh, my dad, actually tomorrow, will be his 15th year anniversary on the farm. So I was about 10, 11 years old when he acquired the farm. And I've been working with them for the past 15 years. It's been interesting because back then I thought I was working, but in, I think I was playing more than working. So I would help here and there. And that's how my passion grew for the industry. And what are your fondest memories of growing up on the family farm? Every holiday, every weekend I was there, I would take all my cousins and my friends. So at a time there'd be five, six young ladies in the house. We'd play in the trees, play in the fields, help the workers pick just two, three leaves and then we're done for the day. But we basically spent all our time there and then that's when I was introduced to our customers as well. So the clients have been watching me grow for the past 15 years. 
And your peers, when you decided that this is what you wanted to go into, did anybody say, no, Lerato, choose something differently? Why would you want to step into your father's shoes? Yes, I wanted to be an advocate. And then when I made the change, it was surprising to a lot of people, but expected. Because then my dad obviously is getting older, so there was no succession plan in place. So the fact that I was the younger one, I had the opportunity to change my degree and then just go in for it. So people are very excited to at least know one farmer. So... I have to tell you a little secret. When we got your information and started doing our research on you, Mm -hmm. I saw that you graduated from the University of the Free State, which is very cool. Um, We love um, Kofsis. And I also saw that your surname was Boerta. And I thought, (laughs) "Mm, Afrikaans Boerta, Afrikaans agronomist. I could never in my wildest dreams imagine a black female agronomist. And maybe there are millions out there that I just don't know about. Mm -hmm. Do people raise eyebrows about that? They do, especially in the Free State, um, because it was more initial-based in the Free State. So my initials are L.A. Buota. So there was many of us, there was like three, four Buotas, and it would raise eyebrows for the first two years. People were shocked that there's this black Buota, but eventually people warmed up to me. So I had quite a lot of fun with my surname in the Free State, especially. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting story. Um, and do you think it worked for you? Was it a bit of advantage or did people look at you and say, can this woman actually do what she says she can do? Um, in the beginning, it raised a lot of eyebrows. It worked to my advantage in the beginning. But eventually lecturers saw that, okay, this person, she does know what she's speaking about. She actually does farm. But yes, in the beginning, it was very tough. It was like black Buota, you know, because they would be handing out scripts and they would be looking for Buota in the other section of the class. And I wasn't there. I was sitting right in front of them. So <laughs> I had a lot of fun with that. But then eventually my lecturers knew me on a one-on-one basis. And why did you decide to actually pursue a actual degree in your field of study? Did you not already have all the tools in place with your father's farm? You already had him to show you the ropes, mm-hmm. but you still decided to go and study. Yes. So I always say this, you know, never learn too much you never know everything in the agricultural industry my dad had learned from the neighbors the neighbors had showed him the ropes the basic ropes of how to farm and I just felt like let me go to university and just up the family's knowledge generally so just going to learn theoretically how things are done and that's why I went into the industry so you know when we were kids our parents used to ask what do you want to be when you grow up one day and we'd answer doctor nurse lawyer the sort of typical careers that we are more afraid with policemen, policewomen. Mm-hmm. Agronomy is not an option for most people. What does a typical day look like in the life of an agronomist? All right, so I always tell people with farming, it's very tricky. Uh, as much as you try and plan your day, it might not go according to plan most of the times. So we wake up very early. We wake up with the sun. So which means in summer we awake far earlier than in winter. Uh, so basically it's just prep. So we prep my, our workers in the morning, give them all the orders that they need to do, uh, plan our planting, scout for any insects. We laugh, we laugh a lot. Um, yeah, so that's basically what we do the whole day. So we just try and operate. Our main focus and goal is to feed people. So I know people can't see you right now, but you're looking very pretty. <laughs> but you, you did admit earlier that <laughs> you don't always look this good. Yes. You, when you're on the farm, you're basically in there with the soil doing your thing. Mm-hmm. And so you wake up in the morning and you literally step by step going through that. What does that day look like? Don't I think in South Africa that says she's got that. Can I speak to the manager look today? <laughs> Yes, I'm very dusty. I've got my work boots on, my hat. The sun is really strong, so I've got my hat on. Always, always, always hands on. I always believe that if you're going to be a farmer, you have to be able to do everything in your business. You don't want to have people that you rely on. As much as you do have people, but you need to have 
in case something breaks one day, you can fix it yourself. You don't have to wait for the electrician or the mechanic to come out. You should be able to do all of that by yourself. Lerater, what is the big difference that you would like to bring about, the big change you'd like to bring about to the family business that's obviously been going for a while? Mm-hmm. 15 years is a long time. Um, change is always good. So like I said, we've been doing things a certain way for many years. So I'd like to bring a change, not even just for the family business, but for the industry as a whole. I feel like the industry has been very one-minded for a very long time. So I'd like to bring some fashion, some class, some dignity and some respect because I think a lot of farmers do not get respect in this industry. Why is that? I think people undermine the industry. People buy their food and they eat, but they never think about where this all comes from. People will respect your lawyer more than they'll respect a farmer. They'll respect your accountant more. But then those people need to eat to function. So I guess the respect should really start with the farmer. So as an agronomist, if you could give a piece of advice to the modern up-and-coming farmer, especially in light of what you just mentioned, changing Mm -hmm. the face and changing how people perceive farmers, Mm -hmm. what would it be? I would say fundamentally start from the bottom. Don't just come in and then you want to know what happens right on the top. You have to start with the foundation so you can understand what it is that you do. So go the conventional way, speak to farmers who've been in the industry for years and then build your knowledge up from there. That will give you a clearer perspective of what it is you want to do. I also heard from other farmers that the magic is when a farmer kind of finds the balance or great relationship with an agronomist, okay? Because agronomists are there to help farmers maximize their returns. Mm -hmm. What are some of the practical things farmers should consider when choosing a right agronomist to work with? You're lucky, of course. Your dad's now got one in the family. (laughs) Yes. So agronomy, you focus on three fundamental things. You focus on the crop, the climate and the soil. So one, you need to get an agronomist who understands that relationship because you need your climate for your things to grow. You need good soil if you're doing it the conventional way. And you need a crop that will be able to sustain itself in that soil. So once you investigate, once you look for an agronomist, make sure that they understand these three fundamental things. I think your dad is a real winner (laughs) on his team. And looking at how you actually want to practically change things without giving too much away on your farm, what do you already have in mind considering the climate, considering what's happening with climate change, looking towards how you want to plan towards the next 10, 20 years? Yes. Um, So my main focus right now, a goal is to expand. Many farmers have been approaching me to just try out some few things for them. I don't have enough space to try out. So I really would like to expand and then try and find new ways of doing things and growing things because I think I would be able to answer them and tell them, okay, this is not going to work in this way. Let's try it this way. So my main goal right now is to expand. And I'm sure it's also a lot of trial and error. Yes. Yeah, it's a lot of trial and error. Like I said to you, every day is not the same. Three years ago, we had a storm and it was nine minutes long, tornado, and it wiped out a lot of the farm over 2 million rand worth of damages. So farmers need to also take into consideration that there's such things that can happen to you. Jeez, what does that do to you psychologically? I mean, you're winning and then all of a sudden Mother Nature comes and... Yeah, so that's why I say you need to be passionate about this industry. You need to be able to hold on. When there's storms like that, you can't just pack up and leave. You need to know what it is you're here for. So we didn't pack up and leave. We're actually working with what we have as well. So that's what I feel like doing. You need to work with what you have and then take it from there. Okay. Cards on the table. Yes. Has there been moments where you thought, oh God, I can't do this? Yes, I had an oh God moment last year actually where I just had a breakdown. I just, I couldn't take the pressure. And after that breakdown, it was about a few hours of a breakdown. I just collected myself. I took a day off and I just told myself, I must remember why I'm doing this. I want to feed people and this is actually my passion. So there are breakdown moments. Don, I think we should also remember the importance of taking a duvet day eh? as a professional person. 
It's definitely the case sometimes with us because we work in media and it's always constantly pressure. But I think in light of that, you do need a bit of a break and to say to yourself, you know what, I've come this far. It's okay to step back a bit and then take it from there. Mm -hmm. But you're quite young there. Very. Do you feel that there's still a lot of room for growth specifically in, in your sector? Oh, There definitely is a lot of room for growth. A lot of farmers are way older than me. They've been in the industry for a long time. So I'm young. I'm a Mandela child. I always tell people I'm a Mandela child. So I come with a different aspect. So there's definitely a lot of room for growth. For me personally, I've grown a lot in the past year. And I cannot imagine where I'm going to be in the next five years. So we're talking about the future. Yes. Five years from now. Earlier Dawn mentioned 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the future trends of farming. Yes. And the one thing many up-and-coming farmers seem to be struggling with is this concept called crop rotation. Yes. Okay. We get a lot of messages on our um, Farmers Inside Track Facebook group saying, help us with crop rotation. What are some of the things that farmers can do to minimize the issues um, with crop rotation and how can they make it work for them? All right. So with crop rotation, if you plant the same crop continuously, it's like if you keep using doom on a fly, they're not going to die because they know they can resist what doom does. So that's the problem. People need to rotate their crop. You need to bring something new to the soil and for the insects as well. If you plan a proper crop rotation, preferably 12 to 18 months, you'll be able to combat a lot of diseases, a lot of insects as well. Sounds a bit like gibberish to me, but I can definitely make sort of understand it a bit better in terms of that. Speciality crops are also growing in terms of popularity. What are some of the things farmers need to consider when choosing whether or not to grow a speciality crop? So you need to assess the market first of all a lot of farmers do not assess the market you just plant what the neighbor is planting or somebody said something so you need to understand what the market needs and when they need it there's certain times of the year where you, there's no peppers or there's no basil so you need to understand when that happens and then you penetrate the market from that point so mrs blackboard yes. mandala child yes child of the sun yeah. You know how to get your hands dirty. Yes. Have you um, experimented with speciality crops or what are you guys doing at the moment? Um, so we are mainly herb farmers and there's not a lot of herb farmers. So we use your, your garnishes. So that's basically mm. what we grow. Your basil, your rocket, your rosemary, your thyme. So a lot of people do not want to get into that because they think there's no money in there. But that's the crop that's been sustaining us for the past 15 years. It makes sense because people have been going salad crazy. <laughs> And also, how important is it that to make the decision sooner than later to focus on one specific crop? I think one of our other farmers that we interviewed referred to it as of not creating a fruit and veg on your farm. Yes. How important is it to do that as soon as you realize that this is what can work for me? You can divide your land up, plant various crops, not too many. Do not make it a fruit and veg, as it was said. And then start to see where the demand lies. And as the demand lies, you start cutting back on the other crops. I prefer having... The crops that I have, I've got about 13, 12 to 13 um, herbs, but that's because herb doesn't sell in bulk. So that's small. But then the lettuce, I know there's a lettuce problem. I know there's a cabbage problem sometime of the year. So just know what it is and then you start working your way back from there. Wouldn't it cost a lot? Thinking about input costs, wouldn't it cost a lot to be able to manage all of those crops instead of quickly deciding, okay, this is going to work for me? Um, it can, but then farming is not an overnight thing. You mm -hmm. have to do trial and error, unfortunately. So even if it takes you two or so years, but just making sure that once I've got this crop, it's going to sustain you for the rest of your life. So I think that time, give yourself that time. Do not rush it. So I know as a family, you're focusing now on some of the healthier veggies and stuff. If you could grow or raise any food or animal other than what you're already doing, what yes. would it be and why? Chilies. 
I love chilies a lot. Uh, I, I haven't done them yet. Mm-hmm. My family's got an obsession with chilies um, as well because it's got a lot of health benefits as well. So if I could, I would transform the whole farm into a chili farm. <laughs> so chili is your favorite veggie? I love chilies, yes. Dried, processed in the oil, chopped up. I have chili almost every day. So if I could, I would have been growing the whole farm. <laughs> <laughs> a black water that loves chilies. Yeah. Spicy, eh? <laughs> spicy. Very spicy. <laughs> Looking at where you see yourself on the farm, you did speak about the fact that you're the recession plan. So when your father leaves, what does it look like for you and the rest of the family? We all in business together. Um, so we want to expand, obviously. And we just want to give people a different side to agriculture in terms of the training and everything. We just want to bring a new light to it. So that's what I see myself. And I see myself as one of the game changers of the industry. So in the next five years, people will know my name. And Food from Zansi will continue cheering for you. Do you have a specific agricultural or maybe a farming hero? Someone you greatly admire? I'll probably keep it in the house and say that's definitely my dad. For somebody who had absolutely no knowledge on agriculture, for him coming from telecommunications, so there's absolutely no relationship between the two. And for him to come to a place, look at this open land and say to himself, I'm going to make a success from this. Not many farmers get to that point. I know a lot of farmers that would have looked at that and just been like, okay, this is not going to work for me. And that's what he did. And I always look back at pictures of the farm because I've got many pictures as well where I would take pictures at certain spots and I look at that spot today and I'm like, wow, we're actually making money from this. So that determination and consistency is what I appreciate. What's his name? Jimmy Buota. Mr. Jimmy Buota, if you are listening, <laughs> thank you for the seeds you have planted in the life of your daughter, Laratu. Yes, definitely. So just coming to the end of today's episode, I think that people will be raising their eyebrows for a completely different reason after they listen to this and just mm-hmm. getting to know you a bit better. I'm definitely going to watch this space and see where you are in the next five years, Lerato. Lerato, last question before we say goodbye. So when you're driving on your farm and it's a beautiful sunny day, because you like the sun, right? Yeah, a lot. (laughs) What's the song that goes through your head when you're driving and you say, this is going to be a great day? There's a lot, um, but for some odd reason, people are not going to believe this. I love I'm a piano with my whole lot. (laughs) Recently, I wasn't a fan of it, but now I love it. And just the beat of it all, you know, my employees, we make jokes. So last week we took a poisa challenge. We did a poisa challenge. So we have a lot of fun with the yanos because it keeps us vibing. So that's our go-to music on the farm. Are there any video evidence of that challenge? I do have video evidence. (laughs) We might have to bribe you to see it. I'm not getting onto a dance floor with this farmer ever. (laughs) Can I just say that for the record? Thank you so much for joining us today, Aratu. You are a breath of fresh air. Definitely a ray of sunshine. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And Aratu, I'm not sure if you know, but Kobus Lawrence and I, my fellow co-founder Food from Zansi, we recently released a new book called For the Love of the Land, sharing the great stories of inspiration from our farms. It would be great if you could have that book somewhere on your farm. Ironically, ironically speaking, we have the book already, a signed copy to Family Farms. So thank you for the offer, but we've got our own copy already. You attended the signing? I was not at the signing, but my sister went and she represented us very well. Okay, Mm -hmm. thank you, sister. For the love of the land, the book is now available nationwide at all bookstores. For 240 Rand, it's also available for download on most platforms around the world. So thank you again, Lerato. I think we, like I mentioned before, we love you. We love what you do. And I hope to see a few more agronomists after they listen to this podcast. Also, if you'd like to be featured on Farmers Inside Track, the podcast or video series, just send us a WhatsApp on 081-889-9032. 
or visit www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za. You can also email us on info at foodformzanzi.co.za. What's that WhatsApp number again? I must remember. 081-889-9032. Until next time. Bye. You've been listening to the Farmers Inside Track podcast, supported by Foodform Zanzi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za.